Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which police radio sent you. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Hey, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, I do, I'm doing these stupid intros every time. I can't stop myself from just saying, yes, I'm on the internet. I'm not interviewing people in person, even though everyone who listens to the show knows this by now, and no one's going anywhere. It's a pandemic. But, you know, this is convenient. I can talk to people via Zoom, by the internet, so that's what I'm doing again today. And uh, this is someone new to the show who, I, I kind of just heard your music really sort of randomly. You sent me a link, uh, I guess it was a week or so ago, and uh, it was really cool. So I have lots of questions because I'm not entirely sure how to define what it is that you do. So I'm hoping that we can start this off if you want to just, first of all, introduce yourself and then give a bit of background about what it is you're doing musically. Yeah, I don't even think it, Yeah, I don't even think you know my name yet. Well, I guess you do because it's on the Zing It's on the screen, there. that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so my name's Adam. Uh, so I'm kind of like that. The way that I build Cabo Morsh is like that it's a collective. Okay. So uh, I'm kind of like the head of the collective and I do all the producing, the vast majority of the writing. And I'll have a lot of people who are more talented than me, better musicians than me, come in and, and help out um you know if there's a guitar solo i can't do or a vocal thing that i want or have a particular voice in mind for i'll get that person to do it i i see no uh need to mar any artistic statement by my own artistic shortcomings yeah. um so yeah i it's all done right here for those of you who are just listening to the podcast i'll, I'll describe what you're seeing uh here we have a, a very nice microphone and over here we have another very nice piece of gear um yeah so so that's a, that's, a, that's a main summary. Sure. And then as far as like the style of what you're doing, I think that's probably incredibly difficult to define with something like this because, you know, there's obviously um, hip hop elements. There's like kind of crazy psychedelic elements. There's experimental stuff happening. There, it just seems like there's a lot of different things that are dumped into this project. Do you have a way of like shorthand to define what it is you do? I mean, I, I try to make the music that I that I haven't heard yet. You know, okay. I try to I try to make something that I, I don't see out there and that I would like to be out there. I mean. I, I wouldn't try to put it in a in a genre. I, I I hate when people say don't put me in a box. You know, yeah. put me in as many boxes as you can find. But um, I don't. The, I would I would find it easier to liken myself to other artists such as like Mr. Bungle or Ween okay. or yeah, 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 maybe yeah. even a little bit of Frank Zappa. Okay, I can see that. I can see all of those actually. Those that, that makes sense in terms of uh, kind of it's kind of out there. But uh, and it's got like even in some cases it's got pop elements even and then mixed yeah. with just kind of kind of kind of weird, right? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean. It's, it's evident to me, at least, that, that music that lasts and survives and stands the test of time is music that is both able to be easily accessible while also pushes a lot of boundaries. And I tend to be obviously more on the boundary pushing totally. end of things. But. Totally. Well, and I think I think I said this to you when you first sent me the stuff that I, I'm always, you know, because I'm old and stuck in my ways, I'm always nervous whenever I see something that appears to be on the surface, some kind of hip-hop thing made by young people. Because I realize that, you know, like... It's not for me. I, I'm I'm almost forty. Like it's not my. I'm not the audience for that stuff. But I was pleasantly surprised. And again, not to shit on like uh, you know new hip hop because I love hip hop and yeah, it's just it's changed. And one of the things I don't like about a lot of that newer stuff is that it seems very like almost minimalist to the extreme. And uh, that's what a good I don't word like for that it. is lazy. Yeah, maybe right. And then yours, but your stuff though. I mean, again, it's not hip hop. There's a lot more going on there. But it's almost like the opposite of that. And it's maximalist, if that, <laughs> in the sense yeah. that there's so much going on, and there's so many different parts to each song, and it's so layered and dense. And so, uh, I mean, I know you said you collaborate with other people on this, but where does the idea for this kind of stuff come from? Like, did it, how does it start off with these songs? Because there's so much happening. I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, I think. Probably the main thing is that I do all of my mixing, all of my recording, all of my writing all at once. So everything that I write, like the way that you hear it is basically the way that it was conceived initially, right? So if I'm writing like that, by the time I've finished, say, one verse or something, I've already heard it so many times because I've mixed it. I've added all these layers into it. I'm so sick of it. I want to hear something else already. So uh, that's why, I mean, it's a little bit ADD because it's always changing because I'm by that point in my 
creative process sick of having heard this last thing. So I want something new. I want something that's fresh to my ears. Yeah. So that doesn't always translate very well to a, an initial listener because it's too much. They become overwhelmed. And, and that's a shortcoming, I would say, of mine creatively. But what it does do, I think, very well is gratify repeat listeners because it, there's a lot that you can go back and listen to again and discover new things and, sure. and have all kinds of different elements of intrigue to have. And I mean, again, myself being a major fan of things like Mr. Bungle or like these are the very dense music. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Because uh, once, once you have kind of absorbed all of the elements and it's almost kind of second nature, but once you've listened to this enough, I mean, I don't know how many of my fans end up actually listening to it that much, but um, <laughs> once you, once you do finally get there, it, it, you, you start to be able to focus less, on the individual elements and they matter less than the effect that the sound has on you as a whole. Okay. And, and I think that given the, the new age of computers and music, the, the texture has become like a very prominent element of, of what makes good music. And sure, um, yeah, yeah. I, I like to think that I try to appease that element. Well, some of those, I mean, again, some of the artists that you've referenced too, I mean, uh, I guess a big thing with, I mean, Frank Zappa is a good example in the sense that a lot of his songs are almost more sweets than songs. Like there's so many different like movements in the song. They, it goes beyond just what you need to be played on the radio. Right. I mean, he had that stuff yeah. too, but, uh, and so how does, I mean, this is maybe a weird question, but how does this music that you're making now, because it obviously rewards close listening and it maybe requires more time than, you know, a, a two minute pop single, how do you get people to hear it? Because we're in an era now where everything is so uh, short attention span and people are clicking and listening for like 30 seconds and they move on to the next thing. Like, how do you grab someone with something that's dense and something that's, uh, you know, long songs and stuff too? Like, That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. I don't, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I've been doing my best a lot more recently. I mean, you're part of this uh, effort of mine to kind of expand on social media and, yeah. and make people more aware. I mean, uh, it's... It's a cliche at this point to say that because of the internet, people have a, a shorter attention span. Uh, I think that that's not necessarily always true because people are able to have an unlimited access to content. They, they may pay more mind to some things than, than they would if, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just a hopeful thought of mine. But um, yeah, no, I've been trying to just expose it to as many people as possible because it's like you said, as long as there's weird music out there, there are people who will be looking for Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it, if I find enough of those people, then then maybe I'll be doing okay. Yeah. But well, they're they're out there. Somewhere, I, right? I'm yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. I, I hope I'm out there. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, the other thing is that I I am definitely I mean, with the songs that I sent you and this upcoming project that I'm doing with Postwar, it's definitely more pop focused. They're pretty self contained songs. Like, there's no well, there are a couple songs that have like pretty drastic changes. But okay. like even then, it's like one unit and one unit of a song. You know, it's it's all very. It's one idea and it's expanded upon for the song and rapping. The reason that I, that I gravitate towards rapping um, in, in my music is because it's like, it's a very easy thing to latch onto. It's still a pretty new genre. So there's still a lot sure. of, of things to be said, I think within it and, and having a rap in like can go over almost any instrumental, like, and automatically is something that on a first listen, you can latch onto, yep. you can kind of understand what the tone of the song is. You can understand what the artistic intention is. And all this other stuff can be going on behind it. And you don't really have to pay attention to it at first because you can, you can sit on the rap, which is, which is very fascinating. I think. Well, I guess some people might not go past And I don't have to work. That may be, but then just make sure the rap is good. And then... <laughs> right, right, right. Sorry. What were you going to say before I interrupted there? It's uh, I, I forget. I think it, yeah. Oh, I think I was also saying that it's very convenient for me to not have to be worried about melodies or coherent chord structures because then I can sure. just go off the wall and it doesn't matter because they're rapping anyway. But yeah, no, uh, I, that's a good point. And I, it's been surprising because I've been showing this album that we've been working on to a lot of people. And to me, it's very much a Cowboy Morsh album that has post-war on it. Okay. I, I think that the, we both contributed equally to the aesthetic blah, blah, blah of it. But um, people will listen to it and be like, wow, Colin really killed it or post-war is really, you know, and it's it's just odd to me because I lyrics are usually the last thing that I that I tend to listen to in a song. I mean, now with this project, I'm forced to consider it a lot more than I usually would, and and I'm very pleased with the results. But um, yeah, I I don't I don't think it's a fault of any listener to only listen to the rap as long as what the instrumental is doing supports or artistically contradicts uh, what what the artist or what the rapper is trying to say sure, in yeah. his in his rap.
They say I'm obnoxious I just came out the mosh pit I ain't trying to stop shit Owe me a drink out of faucet Roll up to the spot Get out of the car Cover the back door We ain't getting far Conflict is my specialty Why did you tell me? I ain't gonna kill you But I'll harm you gracefully James is talking to me Bob be talking to me I'm on and I'm getting rowdy My mom, she worried about me She calling me up The baby come home My body is fucked My liver is stone I cannot see straight I think I'm in this kid As mean as a dollar store But first I'm a need cake Swerving through traffic scary My balance imaginary A galaxy far away Now I'm whipping the wrong way I don't know how much in me How did I get out the parking lot? Doing 90 in a 60 Then I feel my heart stop Does, does working in kind of a more contained um, uh, way, is that hard for you? Like, are you tempted to just kind of go a way out with something like that and you have to rein it in? Uh, not so much. I mean, the I've been working pretty close with him on this album in particular. And, and just the way that the song, the way that he writes the raps in the moment, like it. I, there's a reason that verse, chorus, verse, chorus is, is tried and true. I mean, sure. it, it yeah. does work given and, and with rap especially when I'm catering more to a rap style, it, it just tends to fit better. And I mean, the thing about that last, the album that you heard is that not many people are even going to make it into the part where it changes and becomes really cool and then changes again and becomes even cool. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't like, I, w- I want to be upfront with my ideas. I want people to be able to understand what it is that I'm trying to do immediately and then decide more accurately, I guess, if, if it is what they want to do. And I don't feel like it's been a kneecap to my creative integrity i suppose i I don't i don't see it as like because again it's 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 one of those things where music that is successful and lasts long is music that is able to both appease pop sensibilities while also push boundaries you know it's like you have to work within the box while being outside of it you know it's so it's 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 a challenge i mean writing new music is always a challenge but i I don't think it's been like uh in many ways it's easier because 
it, I don't know, because some of those songs on Signapity were months and months of writing and writing and going back over okay. and over. And what do I, and like so many of those songs had alternate sections or ultimate or alternate directions that they would take. And then I have to revisit it and be like, no, I don't want that. That's too much or that's not enough or right. it's like, too different, you know. So it took a lot of revising. And this is just easier, I think, <laughs> at the end of the day. What is your background in music? Like, how long have you been doing this? Because I saw that you have a few other albums, uh, you know, under this project prior prior to this one, prior to the one that I heard. Well, Capital Morse, yeah, um, well, I went to Miles Mack, and that's kind of where my music career started. I don't know how many people talk about their high school, I guess. Probably not many, but <laughs> it's yeah. all good. It's all good. Fair enough. Uh, well, the music program there was, was firm in my uh, musical upbringing. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. At, at that point, I had another band called Free Hat. We did a number of gigs. Everybody who was in Free Hat is now a regular contributing member. But at that time, it was very stressful to write that music, and we were all kind of bummed out. So me and this other guy who is no longer with Cabo Morse due to personal and creative differences, sure. it's amicable. But um, he um, he and I started this group basically as a way to taunt the drummer from Free Hat. Uh, many songs on our very early albums uh, – some of them could get me canceled probably. And okay. uh, they're very, <laughs> I should probably revisit them, but they're, they're <laughs> mostly just about how Luke can't get a boner and Luke can't uh, do this and that. It, it's very just blasphemous towards Luke. But eventually we started to <laughs> actually put in a little bit of effort. Yeah. And then we started to, because every, everything else that I had been doing musically up to that point was very live. It was, we're going to do a band. We're going to do a practice. We're going to do this and that. But I it's, it's nice to be able to work with unlimited restrictions that a computer has to offer me sure. because as soon as I think of it, it can happen. You know, that's, that's what I think that the major advantage of a computer is. And that's why I like to work with music this way so much. I mean, translating it live is going to be one heck of an ordeal. Yeah. That was kind I'm of my next question. It, actually, I was, I was like, have, have you tried to do this live at all or is it just a, a few of the simpler songs yes but um coming out of covid and and knowing that colin has or post-war has a much larger fan base than we do um we're going to be trying pretty and a lot of these songs again are simpler and therefore easier to play live so we figure right. we, we have enough people who are more than willing to jump on a live project for this so we're, we're going to be trying some things it'll be interesting but um yeah Yes. 
seat, feeling up the groove and tapping your feet. Just move to the beat, get out of your seat, feeling up the groove and tapping your feet. Cause I never had another way to strut my stuff like that. Acting this flying, flipping all this cuff like that. Cause I never had another way to strut my stuff like that. Acting this flying, flipping all this cuff like that. But I get confused a few times things that um that you asked me before we we did this was whether i had any suggestions about other artists locally who are doing anything similar and that's yeah. kind of have you have you found sort of a place where you fit within the local music scene because there's so many little sub scenes everywhere and you know again with the trying to put a genre on yourself right there, there's it's there's so many different groupings of bands and artists in winnipeg and i don't know where you fit like just listening i'm not sure where you would fit in I me neither, and I mean that's both a good thing and a bad it thing. Is, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean I've I've done my fair bit of. I mean, there's a lot of hardcore stuff going around. Like, I mean, your favorite album of of that last year, Vagina Witchcraft, yeah, right? Great album. I, yeah. I listened to some of it. I, I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, but yeah. um, I I tend not to favor the screamo as much, but I I can appreciate it. But it, I don't know. Like that seems to be where most of the experimental stuff is happening. Is in, in the, the heavier, really grimy, yeah, yeah the yeah. heavier stuff, and. I don't, I don't think that that's a bad thing, but I think that that excludes me a lot of the time. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've been looking, but I've also been in a pretty insular grouping for most of my time. Like, I, I'll be introduced to a rapper who I like a lot, and then he'll appear. Like, we have another rapper who's on Signapity quite a lot. I don't know if you recognized a, a repeating okay. character Yeah, there, I remember but, voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and so usually I'll find somebody, and I, I'll like them a lot, and then I'll have them on, on a number of tracks. And, I mean largely the biggest issue that we have as far as meeting other like-minded artists is that we've never tried to play it live. You know? Right. Right. Like we've, we've not had public exposure as much as we ought to have had, I would say. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to find somebody who, who is making this kind of music as well. Well, I don't know if necessarily you have anyone who's making this kind of music, but I think there are a lot of people who are doing interesting, similarly interesting experimental things, right? I think there's a lot of people who are probably similarly underground as you in the sense that they're just doing weird shit at home. <laughs> and and when, when, when this pandemic eventually ends, maybe they have enough material to play a show and maybe there'll be a bunch of weird stuff coming up because everyone's been sort of stuck in this strange situation right now that I think that uh, we're going to get some interesting projects when things finally clear up. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, yeah, I, I can't too, wait yeah. to hear them. Yeah, I yes. mean, at, at this point, you have a, a much better finger on the pulse as far as what's going on in the Winnipeg underground than I do. Yeah. So I'll be looking to your page, I suppose, a lot. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Otherwise, I would really like to meet uh, some other musicians. Yeah, I suppose not exactly like us, but who are pushing boundaries in, in a kind of a way that uh, are not being pushed as much. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love that. How did you get into this kind of stuff? Like, you know, you mentioned Mr. Bungle a couple times, uh, some of those projects, Ween, Zappa. Like, how did you uh, I mean, first turn on, turned you on to that stuff? Uh, exposure through friends, I yeah. would say. I mean, they, they would be out. I mean, I didn't even get into music until I was like 15 or 16. I didn't see the utility in it. Oh, really? Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought art in general was kind of like a plague on, but that's a very strange it. position to have, but anyway, keep, keep going, keep going. <laughs> well, it, it's, well, not a plague so much as just completely useless. Like really? why I, I was kind of, I didn't have any interest in the arts whatsoever. I mean, my parents made me take piano lessons until I was like 
um, well, pretty far into it, and I okay. hated it. I did okay. not want to do it at all. I, I despised it. And of all bands that got me to start being into music, it was ACDC. Okay. Bizarre to me. I cannot stand ACDC anymore. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So then from there, it kind of spiraled. I, I have some friends who introduced me to a lot of stuff. I mean, Ween and Mr. Bungle being among them. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I love Radiohead, too. And I like it. It's pretty broad what I, I like. But um, no, as far as why I make the music that I make, again, I, I like to make the music that I haven't heard and also the music that I wish was already out there. I mean, yeah. to me, it's it, the, the point of music for me ultimately is escapism. I, I, I can appreciate when artists are more political or more making statements and stuff. And, and that's great. But um, for me, the, the best music has, has provided me with a, a deep sense of, of escape. Um, not that I have a problem with where I'm at, but yeah. um, the music that can put me in a place that I would otherwise not be able to go is, is the music to me that is the most compelling. And, and when songs are changing, it demands that I go with it a lot of the time, if, if it's well done. Sure. And so, so that kind of progressive more psychedelic kind of way of doing things um it, it lends itself to a, a greater deal of escapism and, and that's probably a lot of why i get into that and and i like new funky sounds of course yeah well obviously this doesn't really necessarily apply the same way because you're not playing live at the moment but what does um how much of the stuff that you do especially when these longer longer form songs where there's a lot of changes a lot of different things happening maybe going into more cosmic psychedelic kind of territory how how pre-written is all of it? I mean, is, is it very, very meticulously kind of set up or is there a lot of room with your collaborators to kind of, uh, I don't know if jam is the right word, but to just kind of develop things on the fly? Like, How, how much control do you have, I guess, over the overall project? A hundred percent control. I mean, I, I rarely at this point do I sit down with a guitar and pluck out some chords. Sometimes I'll do it with piano because I find piano I can just do more at once. Yeah. Not, not that I have an issue with the guitar playing, but... Um, I don't know. I mean, it mostly happens on my computer as I'm as I'm doing it. Like to me, the sound. I mean, I kind of talked about this earlier. The sound of of the the music is almost superior to what the actual music is. Like it, it doesn't matter how many times you play a C. It's if you play a C in such a way that it's an enveloping sound yeah. that at that point it becomes interesting because every chord progression has been done. Everything's been done already. It's the way that you present these notes at this point. The context is, matters. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, of course. And lyricism, I suppose, is one of the, the ways that you can still say new things. But um, yeah, so when I'm, I'm writing a song, I'm, I'm building a sound. I'm building a, a mood, if you will. That's corny, but I'll say it. And um, yeah, so when I'm doing a song at the... Well, okay, for example, uh, you know the opener from the album that you listened to? Yep. You know how kind of the second half transitions into a, like a nice melody ballad kind of thing. I actually didn't write that. This female singer uh, who was singing there wrote that section, and um, because at that point in the song everything had been so neurotic and you know festering and just yeah. kind of ugly sounding, and it wasn't wasn't pleasant on the ears to say the least. And um, at that point, I I felt like you know we need to have something that's nice to contrast the mood here because the most effective thing after hearing all these traumatizing and ugly sounds would be to have something beautiful because at that point given the context of the song it would be more powerful than were it to just be as a standalone thing right sure yeah i mean and i kind of lean on that a little bit too much the ugly and then it's beautiful and yeah. then it's ugly Ooh, the contrast but um yeah so in that in that case it was kind of like hey I, I want something beautiful and i want something that she's going to be able to sing over really well and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to write something that would apply that well as, as what she came up with. And right. I think she absolutely killed it. That's a beautiful part of the song and, and I take little credit for it. So, but yeah. So as far as control over, like it, it, it just depends on what needs to be done in the moment. I think given the development of the song, I mean, most of the music that I do is at three in the morning with like right. wait, a, a pound of coffee and <laughs> just, yeah. Sitting here 
Well, I, I, I definitely get the appeal of the kind of uh, going from chaos into suddenly suddenly shifting into something that, that is more structured and more, um, like, like you said, it's prettier, right? It has, like, it has more melody to yeah. it. I mean, one of the things that, not that you're playing this genre at all, but one of the things I like about free jazz, I listen to a lot of avant-garde jazz, and the thing I like about it is basically that, is you can be listening for 10, 15 minutes straight, and it just sounds like raw noise, and it's just, you know, everything's discordant and, and clashing with each other, and then suddenly, just out of nowhere, everyone starts playing the same notes and playing together and then it just descends into chaos again. And like, I always appreciate that kind of the ability to suddenly switch on a dime and go from, from loud or aggressive or, or, or anything like, and then just, just to something nice. And then, cause it may kind of makes you know that like, this is on purpose rather than this is just someone bashing around. Like you get yeah. a feeling that like, this is planned. This song is meant to do this rather than just someone, uh, you know, hammering away well, on and, and, and that's one of the joys of, of completely improvised music like like free jazz yeah, like yeah. that um, is that it's entire like there's no planning there's no it's entirely based on how the musicians feel in that moment and often how they feel in that moment tends to be the the most uh, enveloping feeling that one could have because as you're playing the music you're more engaged in that music for sure than uh, pretty much you can ever be actually just listening to it so they know and with each other too exactly. you're so so keyed into each other yeah Exactly. So in in that moment, they know better than anybody else how it should feel at any given time. And if they play their cards right, then they can create completely magical sections without having any planning beforehand because it's all based on how they feel with yeah. each other and with the piece. And yeah, and that's how planning in the in that. the moment. Planning it, it, it's planned in the sense that they are kind of probably look at each other and then suddenly just shift, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's another element that I feel sometimes is that's that's one of the joys of of being in a band and, and writing a song together as a band because you're yeah. there you're trying it out with each other you're I mean I kind of have a little bit of that going on here too but it's it's more m- meticulous I would say but yeah that's th- a joy to to have that feeling when you when you all accidentally do the right thing for yeah. and you didn't plan it and it's just there and then yeah the ability to repeat it though I think is is critical. Yeah, that's the hard part. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, you know, obviously the pandemic's happening. Obviously no one's playing shows or anything at this point. Um, what is your sort of goal once things, if things, uh, you know, reach some sense of normality? Are you hoping to be able to take this to a live show or are you going to just focus on recording first? Like what's what's your plan when, if things lift? Well, I mean, um, I, I want to do a tour this summer if okay. it's at all feasible. I mean, there are a few issues with this. Number one being that the album that we have with uh, Post War is, is just about finished. Um, but so I, I have no concerns about the music being finished. It's just that there's a lot of people that would have to come on a tour like that. Right. Uh, right. I, I don't know the first thing about planning a tour. I have a guy in my back pocket, uh, Jaime Chinchilla. I don't know. Uh, that but, name sounds very familiar. Yeah. 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 He's, he's pretty involved. He just recently started up his own like uh, music help producer kind of business. It's, it's very cool. Okay. I, I did it for a month and then I ran out of money, but <laughs> Uh, yeah no he's very good and he's hopefully he helps us out with the tour as long as post-war is available to do it and everybody's not too busy working yeah yeah because they finally can but um yeah no i would love to go on tour with it and there are a few songs that i'm already strongly convicted will be great live like uh cremation therapy i guess if we get the okay to play we can play it here it's um one of those songs that with the drums they're yeah. pounding and he comes on and yeah i think it'll be great live I'll invite you to the show. I'll let you know. <laughs> right on, right on. Um, yeah, no, I, I yeah. think that like this also, I mean, I, I'm not sure how, what you think about this, but this kind of stuff lends itself to having a really cool live show, I think too. 
Uh, I hope mean, so. Because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of music that you can, you can listen to the recording and you just imagine a bunch of guys standing there without moving whatsoever, just really bored playing guitar. This doesn't give me that kind of vibe. This gives me the vibe that there'd be, there'd be something happening kind of surrounding well, the performance I, maybe. itself. Well, yeah, I I love performing. I, I love getting weird on stage. Yeah. I've, I've been known to heckle my audience members in like, uh, is he joking? Is he not? Kind of yeah. Andy Kaufman way. But um, I, I think that it, what's really... Well, it can be both a good thing and a bad thing about our music is that it's it demands your attention all the time. It needs yeah. to you need to be paying attention or else you won't like it. it. It's not background noise. It's not hangout music. It's like you have to. So in a live show, I think that that could do it a great service because you're there to see the music. And often I'll find myself bored at live shows because I'll hear the first minute or two of a song and be like, all right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, move on. Now, yeah. And yeah. so. Yeah, so with this kind of music, uh, I, I think it could do very well live. And as long as, as long as the moments that click are not too short lived, you know, right. because I um, before they were called Viet Cong, now they're called the Preoccupations. Right, right. I, I love that, and I saw them live, and they they'll do the same riff over and over again for like ten minutes, and it's great. I'm thoroughly engaged the entire time. Um, why that is is beyond me, but I, I think that a lot of these moments that they have, if they were to cut them at all shorter. It would feel like I wouldn't have enough time to be fully. I, right. I feel like people at live shows both have more and less patience, if that makes sense, for that kind of thing. Because if it's something where it's like really heavy and it's, I mean, maybe that is why there's such a, a loud noise scene going on in, in Winnipeg at the moment. But yeah, I don't know. I, I hope it'll work out. And again, as long as those moments that they click aren't aren't too short lived. Yeah, I think we're to get some. Get some heads turned, hopefully. Cool. Sell cool. some merch. Yeah, you always got to sell the merch, right? <laughs> That's yeah. part of the deal. Yeah, right on. Yeah. So uh, if people are hearing about you for the first time uh, on this show, uh, what's the best way to find out what you're up to? I mean, obviously, like live shows aren't happening at the moment, but presumably they, they will at some point, and people want to hear the record. What's the best option there? Uh, we're on all the streaming platforms. We're on everything. If you really like it, go buy it on Bandcamp. That's wonderful. And yeah. uh, we post regular updates on, on Instagram. You can find out anything that we're doing and more at any given time uh, on Instagram. And uh, yeah, the other thing, though, that Cabo Morsh has started to uh, kind of move out into is is producing for other uh, artists. Oh, cool. Okay. So, uh, we've actually got a couple projects in the work. Uh, I won't name names just yet, but... Um, for other people where we're actually making the instrumentals for them. Like either we have one that's a singer songwriter. And so they'll come to us with chords and a melody and we'll kind of do the backing track for them. And then there's another rapper and it's a lot less um, direct. I suppose he, he kind of says a vibe states a few influencers that he'd want. And we kind of work out something that, that fits what he wants. So we're offering that to anybody as well, which is an an interesting way of, I think expanding both our audience and, um, and, the, the kind of well our palette as well because it forces us to do things that i don't think we would otherwise do which yeah. is, is cool well yeah you get your chops up right because you gotta yeah you gotta go into unfamiliar territory yeah cool and uh so uh the records on spotify all those things Bandcamp as well yeah and uh do you have any physical copies of this one or is that uh pandemic not just yet no No. i mean i mean it came out already during covid so we we thought that i mean you kind of need to have a live show for physical copies to be viable otherwise you're selling to family and friends which cool i guess you can make money off your family and friends but um yeah no i i didn't probably once we start touring we're definitely going to get this newer one uh, burned under the cd um i i don't know about the last one yet we'll see we'll see what people think of those songs live yeah Instead of stuck Playing games like Simon Says to pass the time But not to make it right I don't think 
to sleep. Let me frown to drown out all the noise. Roll the nickels and the pennies till they look like stacks of ones and fives. Thank you.